This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, of all the things that Andy Hart has complained about when they mentioned the woman being heartless, I figured that he would request a new uh, song because we all know that Andy Hart is a heartless human being. However, the, you know, the female connotation in there, I figured that he would object to that. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our buddy Andy Hart, presented by McFarland Energy. If you need dependable home oil delivery or HVAC work in greater Boston, the North Shore or Cape, Please visit McFarlandEnergy.com. Andy Hart, good afternoon. Gresh, I think mediocre minds think alike because I was mm. listening to that and I was like, wait a minute, it says mm-hmm. he lost his heart to a woman. So are we blaming my wife for me being heartless? Is I, that what we're doing here? Yep, pretty much. Yeah, that'll get you some heat at home. Unintentional. That's not good. There's some deep-rooted issues there in the Hart <laughs> family <Not> residence. <laughs> not good. Nope. Not good. Nope, not good. Just like the uh, Patriots offense was uh, not, not good, good down in Dallas. And, you know, um, I, I, I really tried to think back, Hart, of, man, that was embarrassing. And there were losses that ended up embarrassing but were fluky. Vegas last year, Miami Miracle, those are people losing their minds. This was just getting your ass whipped. It reminded me of when the Patriots went – to Cleveland and played Mangini, and he absolutely pants them. Trick plays, reverses, all that kind of stuff. Was this as bad a loss as you have seen, or is there, or are we just being prisoners of the moment because of the way that Dallas game went down with the turnovers going the other way? Yeah, no, I think this was as bad as I could remember. Um, I tweeted that at one point Sunday. You know, I know you had the – those back-to-back Bills games and the no punting and the playoff loss. And for whatever reason, I felt like those didn't feel as bad as this. And I think some of this is maybe in combination with the last year plus and how the offense is supposed to be better and questioning Mac and Mac make or break year. And I think he melted down in that second quarter. I really think he did. Um, You know, Bill O'Brien can say uncharacteristic decisions and, and that's true. Um, but also just decisions that can't happen for a guy who's supposed to be, you know, an NFL superpower above the shoulders, right? Like that's supposed to be what he's good at. Um, I don't know what you chalk that up to. You know, I know Bill O'Brien was asked, like, is it just a bad day at the office for Mac and you move on? But um, that second quarter was as bad as I can remember seeing it. And it's not just Mac, total system failure, wheels fell off, but, 
he was driving the vehicles when the wheels fell off. So, Andy, so, you know, we do the whole upon further review. We do it every Tuesday. And I think we all we each had like a, you know, different something that we saw that, you know, either confirmed or changed the way we were thinking. So for you, this being Wednesday, had a couple of days to kind of digest everything, especially relating to Mac. Where were you when it when it ended with him mentally being able to move forward? And now that it's Wednesday, fresh start, where do you think he's capable of achieving now? Do you, do you think he'll be able to dig himself out of it? Yeah, it's going to be better. I mean, it can't be that bad with any consistency. We haven't seen some of those things with regularity over his career. Now, we've seen some of them. We've seen late throws off the back foot. We've seen strip sacks. We've seen not necessarily dealing with pressure uh, in the most advantageous way for himself or for his unit. But it's going to get better. I mean, that that was the bottom out. The question is, and I keep saying this because I thought a month ago, basically, that second quarter against the Eagles may have been the best we've seen of Mac in a New England Patriots uniform. If you remember those two scoring drives, I think it was 11 straight completions. He was on point. You know, it was Bill O'Brien. We were talking all good things, Mac, the whole thing. They obviously lose the game. Then a month later, you're looking at his worst performance in a New England Patriots uniform, probably his worst performance since, I don't even know when, probably the worst performance of his life. He didn't have a performance like that at Alabama. I don't, he didn't have one in New England. I'm guessing he didn't have one at the Prout School running the wing tee. This was probably the worst performance of Mac Jones' football career. And how did we get here? And, and what is the next step in it? And you're right. I just listened to him. I don't know, say lots of words for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes at Gillette Stadium. Oh, you know, he's going to focus on the process and each play has its own life and he's going to do his job on each. Oh, my God, I couldn't stand it. I I regret going and listening to it. And I understand that's performance art. Like he's sticking to the script and he's going to do that. But I do wonder behind the scenes, what's his energy this week? What's his, is it defiance? Is it, that's not me and I'm going to show the world. Because I don't think he's the kind of guy you necessarily want showing the world. Because I think that's how you get in trouble. I think it's how he got in trouble last week. I'll show the world. I can throw back across the field. I did it once to Kendrick Bourne. I can do it again. And he gets. He, he has to be a game manager. He has to play within himself and his limitations. He has to play within the offense, whatever that offense is, with its limitations. And he's in a tough spot. I'm not saying this is easy. But, no, I don't feel any better about Mac Jones today. I, when I listen to him talk, when I think back on the performance – I still think he's done. The, the column I wrote on Monday, I, I think the beginning of the end has already significantly begun for Mac Jones. Remember when I told you guys a couple of years ago, this is the day Mac Jones took the step towards winning the starting job from Cam Newton in the summer? Well, Sunday was the day he took his first step out the door in New England, in my opinion. Well, so, I mean, so that way, shouldn't you think, I, I would assume you would think it was going to get worse then. Um, I don't know if it'll get worse, because, again, I don't think it can get worse. The question is, can it get significantly better? What is, what is the positives that he's bringing to the offense, the table, the team, his job right now? What is the upside, right? Like the reason some guys have frustrations is because they show flashes of greatness, of leadership, of arm talent, of whatever you want to call it. I don't know where the, the, the flashes of quote-unquote greatness, I'm not sure they're great, um, and they're few and far between. And I think that's his problem. Like, Will he be better than Sunday in the second quarter? Absolutely. He's not going to throw a pick six. He's not going to try to throw another. He's not going to fumble for a strip sack every week. But are you going in a positive direction for him or your team or your offense? And I don't, 
I don't know how anyone in his third season, 35 starts into the NFL, can say, yep, I see where we're going here. This is going to lead to some beautiful stuff. Remember when Heim Bloom said, well, we're going to do this and it's going to be awesome? Is Mac Jones ever going to do it, and is it ever going to be awesome? I just wish it wasn't so complicated with all of the changing of the coordinators, and we know the like it's you know the year that was last year is wedged into all of this in trying to figure everything out because yep. I don't think people are necessarily going to you know if, if if Mac doesn't play well this week or struggles. It is against a defense that is really good. So, Andy, how do we sort of view the competition that the Patriots have gone against here these first five weeks and it figuring into some of the offensive struggles? Um, It's certainly a part of it. Yeah, this is a big mosaic. Bill Belichick likes to use that word mosaic when he's talking Mm. about leaderships and Mm. rosters. And this is a mosaic. There's lots of different pieces of glass in here coming together to make this ugly mess that is hideous and it's your kids made it and you hopefully you drop it and break it and never have to look at it again. This is, but he's a part of that. Like I always joke, cause I do this too, Gresh. Oh, bad matchup, bad matchup, bad. Uh, that's a good defense over there from the Eagle. Oof, those dolphins, they can play bad matchup. Oh, the Cowboys, that's best player in the NFL on defense, bad matchup. Saints can play on defense, you know, bad match. Well, if every week's a bad matchup, maybe you're not good offensively. Maybe your quarterback isn't good, right? Like, you can only stack up so many before you have to look in the mirror and you have to point with a thumb instead of a finger. And I just think that's where you're getting to. But, no, there's, there's a million layers to this. Fitzy and I in the, the Six Rings postgame show on Sunday, Fitzy asked me, is there an alternate universe where Mac Jones is a good NFL quarterback? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where he arrives, has an offensive coordinator that works with him for three years, has a better line, better talent around him. Absolutely. Do I think he, as Bill Belichick said in January, is capable of playing in the NFL? But the reality is it hasn't worked in New England for a variety of reasons. And it's the not for long league, right? NFL, you only get so many years to prove you're the guy or prove you're not the guy. And then you got to move on and move forward. And fair or not to Mac, everything that's unfolded with Matt Patricia and McDaniels Lee and everything, the reality is he's running out of time. So we're talking to Andy Harden. Andy, um, you feel better about the move with J.C. Jackson and um, I guess the possible return of Tyquan Thornton? Uh, let's start with this. Just focus on the defense, though. J.C. Jackson being being traded to the Patriots. Does that make you feel better um, about the defense overall, especially after losing Judon and Gonzalez? Absolutely. Better than the sky is falling because I think losing Judon and Gonzalez – Flew under the radar, kind of, because we've all been talking about the offense and Mac and Belichick and O'Brien and big picture stuff. And it was like, um, should we tell everybody that you lost your two best players? Forget Mac. Forget anything on offense. You lost your two best players, arguably, right now in Matthew Judon, who's been very uh, positively impactful for most of the, his career in New England, two-plus years. And you couldn't be off to a better start than Gonzalez. Those were the reasons your defense is so good. You lose them, and it's like the sky could be falling. Now we could suck on offense and defense on any given Sunday in any given quarter against any given matchup. Um, but then you look at it and you say, okay, Jonathan Jones practiced all week, was a late downgrade. Maybe he'll be back this week. That's good. Your best veteran corner. Jack Jones, he put on social media, Twitter, ASAP, I'll be back. So he's allowed to come back if he's back out there. And then you add J.C. Jackson, who could be one of these guys that, for whatever reason, it just works better in New England. You know, the LeGarrette Blunt thing. 
I don't care if he sucks for the Steelers. How does he play for the Patriots? And, you know, talking to Hunter Henry and those guys from a couple of years, they remember he made a lot of plays for this defense. So, um, yeah, I absolutely feel better with the possibility of J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, and Jack Jones being added because if you were going into games with Sean Wade, if you're going into games with Miles Bryant on guys like CeeDee Lamb, you're porked. Now it doesn't matter if the offense gets out of its own way, stops turning the ball over. Now the defense is going to have a serious regression. And I do think the defense is going to have a regression, but those guys should allow it to be at least competitive. Uh, And I was also intrigued with Mayo. Um, I don't know if you guys heard it yesterday. When Gerard Mayo was asked about losing Judon, he said Keon White's going to have to step up. He, He put that guy out there and, you don't hear that too often in New England. So that leads me to believe they have some confidence that Keon White can do it, can do the job, and can step up and lift his game and lift the unit. So, yeah, I feel marginally better today than I did Sunday when you think, you know, you lost your two best players. Uh, Andy Hart of WEI.com is with Gresh and Fourier. He's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, Taquan Thornton is going to be available. How do they work him into the offense? How should they work him into the offense? Should they work him into the offense? Who ends up getting who who loses reps? What are your views on Thornton now that he's at least going to be able to get back to practice? Well, I'm certainly fine with Devontae Parker and Juju Smith Schuster losing reps because they, you know, two weeks ago I think they were both over seventy five percent reps. This week I think Parker was at like eighty percent reps. Um they just are not getting return on their rep investment. They're not making enough plays. And Juju Smith-Schuster is one of the most disappointing players in the NFL. Talking about a guy that's averaging, whatever, seven yards a catch. He's got 80 yards in four games. You're supposed to have 80 yards every game if you're a number one receiver, um, even if you're not a good one. And so, yeah, you've got to work Tyquan Thornton. You're looking for answers. You're looking for spark. You're looking for some playmaking. Um, and he, you know, he's part of that famous, Matt Grow, if you want to have fast players, you got to draft fast players. Well, he's a fast player. Now turn, now turn fast player into actual plays on the field, and maybe that opens some things up because they they got nothing that feels like it's clicking. I mean, other than throwing the ball to Hunter Henry, nothing looks right. Nothing looks efficient. Nothing looks consistent. And you know, maybe a guy that Ty Law talks about this all the time on the Greg Hill Show, like he played corner, he wouldn't fe- he wouldn't fear anybody on this offense this year, last year, two years ago. Um, maybe Tyquan Thornton can hit one of those. I mean, we haven't seen it much. Um, you know, he, he has to prove that he can do it, but that's what his theoretical existence is all about is using his speed, stretch the field, scare somebody, win a one-on-one battle. So I'd absolutely be working him in. And, and as I said, if Parker and Schuster lose reps, I'm fine seeing more Thornton, Demario Douglas. At least it feels like maybe they have some, some upside. Read Andy Hart at WEI.com. You can hear him on the Six Rings podcast and the Six Rings postgame show coming up after the Patriots and New Orleans this Sunday. Hart, thank you, friend. We'll talk to you soon. Got to be a little happier this week, right? It's just got to be. Uh, I think so. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. No, no, here's what it is. I just I smell a field goal kicking contest coming up. <laughs> and two yeah, and two yeah. coaches that'll be willing to play seventeen fifteen if they really want to. Yeah, I just recorded an interview with Andrew Callahan for the Six Rings Pod, and he predict, predicted thirteen twelve, which oh, is uh, not exactly the entertaining game I'm looking for. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, a slog. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. There goes our friend Andy Hart of weei.com.